Welcome to today's St. Paul's Church of the Voyager podcast. I'm Pastor Rob Fiesler, and I am glad that you are listening today. Today is the third of a seven-part sermon series called A More Christ-Like Christianity. We're exploring how we might make our own practice of Christianity more recognizably Christ-like, or said another way, as we move through life, would others see Jesus in us, and even will Jesus himself recognize us when we finally come face to face, or might he say, away from me, I never knew you. Today's sermon topic in the series is a more Christ-like God. We're exploring how our image of God must be more like Jesus than any other image we might have of God. It's safe to say that when we do think of God, many of us probably think of like power and might, you know, God's omnipotence. Uh, Or maybe we think about God knowing everything, you know, knowing all things and maybe even knowing us better than ourselves, God being omniscient. Or maybe we think um, about God's presence. You know, we wonder, God, where are you? And we reach out and want to feel God's presence. So we think about omnipresence. God is everywhere, but really, where are you? Today, I suggest that when we think of God, we must immediately think Jesus of Nazareth. Because biblically and experientially, this is the very best representation of God to have in mind. Let's read together and hear some words from Scripture about this. If you have a Bible close, uh, grab it. If you don't, go get one, because I love it when you actually open the Bible for yourself. And if you don't have one close, maybe later you can pick one up and look for yourself. We're looking at Colossians, which is in the New Testament. It's past all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Go past Acts and Romans past 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and then we're at Colossians. So we're at Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. Uh, But I have something special for you. Let's not hear my voice read this. Let's hear uh, from one of our dear members of our church, a sister in Christ. Hear this. Hello, I'm Lois Rosania, and my family and I have joined St. Paul's in 1967, so I've been a member for more than 50 years. I'm doing well in this pandemic, and I'm grateful for, for my family and my friends. Here is the reading from Colossians 1, 15 through 20. The sun, sun is the image of the invisible God the one who is first over all creation. Because all things were created by him, both in the heavens and on the earth, the things that are visible and the things that are invisible, whether they are thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He existed before all things, and all things are held together in him. He is the head of the body, the church. 
who is the beginning, the one who is the firstborn among the dead, so that he might occupy the first place in everything. Because all the fullness of God was pleased to live in him, and he reconciled all things to himself through him, whether things on earth or in the heavens, he brought peace through the blood of his cross. Thank you so much to Lois for reading that for us. We all miss each other so much, and I thought it'd be a treat to hear from one of us that we probably miss. She was reading from the common English version of the Bible, if you're wondering. I really like that version because it's pretty simple and a plain. It makes these verses from Apostle Paul pretty clear. Colossians says here, the Son is the image of the invisible God. Have you ever heard that before, or did you remember that? That when you think of God, Paul says we should have the image of Jesus in our mind's eye. If you've ever wondered, what does God really look like? Well, just think Jesus of Nazareth. Think of a human born just like the rest of us, in a garage even, of sorts. A Middle Eastern Jewish male who grew through every stage of life until he was about 30 years old. Just think of Jesus. I like how Bradley Jerzak says it in his book, A More Christ-Like God. He says, Jesus was the one true and living avatar of the transcendent God. Jesus came from the Father into a world to reveal God in a way we could see, hear, and touch. That is so helpful, isn't it? And then in this Colossians pericope, this passage we looked at, we also heard, this Jesus is first over all creation because all things were created by him. John Wesley, one of the founders of the Methodist movement, said in his commentary notes on this passage, he says, Jesus was begotten before every creature, subsisting before all worlds, before all time, from all eternity. Jesus, begotten of God, not created. This is a belief that's been handed down not only throughout the Bible, but was fought over and decided in 325 AD at the Council of Nicaea. You might have heard of that. That's where the Nicene Creed was formulated and ratified by the Christian bishops attending. That Jesus was not created by God, but was begotten from the very beginning and so pre-existed alongside Almighty God and the Holy Spirit in the creation of all things. As it says in John 3, 16, that very well-known verse, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should have eternal life. In fact, the Greek word found there in John 3, 16 for begotten is monogenes, literally mono, one, and genus of a species or class of organi organisms. Begotten, monogenes, one species. As the Nicene Creed says, we believe in one God, the Father Almighty, and in our Lord Jesus Christ, light from light, very God from very God, the same essence as the Father. Those are the words we say, the same essence as the Father. 
homoousia. That was the big word that caused so much trouble and consternation in that council meeting. That Jesus, they decided, is the same stuff as Almighty God, is one with God, is God. Hebrews 1.3 says, Jesus is the reflection of God's glory, the exact imprint of God's very being. And Colossians 2.9 says, in whom all the fullness of God lives in bodily form. Not only is Jesus the same substance as Almighty God, but remember we heard verse 15 of Colossians that all things were created by him. In fact, the Greek word used there for created is katidzo. Katidzo is a word applied in the Bible only to God in the ability to create what from what was not there before, to make something out of nothing. I love the Latin phrase for out of nothing. It's ex nihilo, out of nothing, ex nihilo, God created. And so Hebrews 11.3 says, The universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was already visible. It would be biblically correct to say there wasn't matter already present. But by Elohim's command, Elohim being the Hebrew word we have in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God, Elohim, a plural form of the word for God. So some theologians say the Godhead, creator, Christ, and Holy Spirit, all Elohim were together there and spoke all things into existence out of nothing, ex nihilo. Now, of course, we can't prove this scientifically. We don't have evidence. In fact, Hebrews 11.3 says in that same verse we just heard, by faith, we understand this. So by faith, since at least 325 AD, there's been consensus by Christian authorities that Jesus existed with Almighty God and the Holy Spirit, before all things, and through the Godhead, which includes Jesus, all things were created out of nothing. That's why, if you've ever heard John 14, 9, that says, Jesus says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. He says, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. That's because they are the same essence, the same stuff. Okay, so whew, that was a lot of kind of theological talk. So good job listening. You might listen to it again if you want to later or watch. I don't know if you've heard the phrase, you probably have, the phrase, you may be the only Jesus someone ever sees. I like that. That's helpful for me to remember that my actions and my words that show mercy and love especially especially if it's instead of rebuke or condemnation, that, that my words and my actions might be, at least for that day, the only sign of Jesus, the only sign of God to another person that day. If you had to think about, and if I asked you to tell me, truly, realistically, how many times on any given day you really do think of God, how many would that be? 
I realize it probably depends upon the day, right? So I'm talking about a regular day. Uh, what do we say now in this time of stay at home? We say wash, rinse, repeat, right? We're kind of doing the same thing over again. So on a regular day, how many times would you say you honestly think of God? You might be thinking, well, you know, at least once a day. I know that. Would I be right that the most common times you would think of God are when someone you know or yourself are needing help beyond your ability? You're needing healing or strength or wisdom or kind of power. Those are the times we tend to think of God. I think that's really common for us. The other time we tend to think about God is when something tragic happens. And we then ask those age-old questions. Why, God? If you love us and want the best for us, why? And where are you? Do you really exist? So um, this meme might look familiar, or I'm going to read it to you so it might sound familiar. Uh, it says, me, God, where are you? And God answers, right where you left me. And this poster, which is, I have to admit, a little hard for me to look at because I'm a cat person, and it's a picture of this cat just barely holding onto a, a tree limb. Uh, my first grade teacher had this in her classroom, so I've been seeing this poster for a long time. And the caption on the bottom says, hang in there. And it illustrates my point, and I'll say in a minute, I've laid the premise that Jesus is the visible representation of God, is the essence of God, and created all things. And I suggested that when you think of God, then we think of Jesus, born and living. But now I propose, hang on, hang in there. Now I propose the very best representation or image of God is not only Jesus of Nazareth, born and living, but Jesus of Nazareth crucified, a cruciform God, a poor, displaced refugee who by authorities in power was mocked, abused, tortured, and finally hung on a tree with nails in his hands and feet, a violent killing of an innocent man. When we are just hanging in there, when we are having trouble and calling out to God, looking for power and strength and asking, where are you? Maybe what we're really needing is a more Christ-like God instead. That almighty God who knows our trouble because he himself endured it to the utmost. And so we are not alone not alone at all, because we remember a more Christ-like God never leaves us and knows our pain probably better than we do. So let's look at one more Bible passage that helps us illuminate this idea of a more Christ-like God. So pick up your Bible again or go look at it later if you want. We're going to look at Philippians, which is just before Colossians. We're going to look at chapter 2 verses 5 through 8. And once again, I have a little treat for you. We're going to hear it in someone else's voice. So here, Philippians 2, 5 through 8, uh, hear this. Hello, I'm Laura Spoyer, 
and I've been a member of St. Paul's for over 30, 50 years. And uh, we came here with three kids and were greeted royally. And uh, I try to do that. I miss everybody and I miss greeting you all. But I'm doing okay and still going on at 91. Thank you. Uh, hear this reading from Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. In being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Thank you also so much, Dolores, for helping us with worship today. I, I, that really blessed me to have her um, share with us. So as we heard from Loris in Philippians, we see Jesus described again as the form of God, the, the word form here in Greek, morphe, which means an inward essence or being. There, there's another Greek word that could have been used, schema. That means the outward appearance, but that's not what the author used here. The author used morphe. Once again, the exact, unique, identical essence of Almighty God, the same substance, homoousia. So here's the mystery of it all. This God, this more Christ-like God, this cruciform God, emptied himself, taking the form of a servant to the point of giving up his own life, which turns out is the most powerful and mighty attribute possible. It turns out that death to self leads to life. How about that? Are we not to follow this more Christ-like God? A little more than a week ago, we said goodbye to another very dear and longtime member of St. Paul's. He was 100 years old and had been a member over 50 years, Fred Mullins. He was a retired captain after 26 years of naval service. He fought in two wars, commanded several ships and a destroyer squadron. And to me, though, having known him these past two years here at St. Paul's, he was just a very faithful worshiper. He was here. I can't even think of a Sunday he wasn't here in the past two years that I've been here. So at Fred's graveside service, as at all the services I've presided over and attended in my 20 years as a pastor, the family stood and they spoke about Fred. But they didn't talk about his amazing car or his priceless Rolex or his beautiful home or his boat or any of those things. They talked about the significant moments in his life when he showed kindness and love and mercy to others all the ways that he followed a more Christ-like God in his life. Many of you have followed and continue to follow a more Christ-like God through your military service, you active members and family. Many of you hearing right now and watching are 
school teachers and aides and administrators, and you are already either homeschooling or you might be considering homeschooling. Hoorah, let's hear for the new normal, right? Homeschooling is a thing now, more than it has been before, yeah. Many of you are philanthropists here in San Diego and beyond. Many of you work for the city of San Diego to the county, and many of you either participate in or lead the service organizations here, Rotary, Lions Club, Friends of the Library, just to name a few, and you've given countless hours to service here at the church. But I also know that right now, as I've been speaking, the Holy Spirit is knocking at the door of your heart and reminding you of that one thing you've been promising to do or considering to do for a while now. To make that change. To do that thing for the person you've been meaning to do. And I want to tell you, don't wait another minute. Not another minute. The time is now. I encourage you to say yes to the Holy Spirit. To say yes and to mean it. And to make the first plan to follow through on whatever it is God is calling you to do. And you know what? I want to hear about it. So as I take a breath, <laughs> I always get moved when I preach. Whatever it is God's calling you to do, if you want to have some accountability, email me, text me, or Pastor Rob. Get in touch with us and let us know. Let us walk the journey with you of faith or someone else you trust, because I know that the Holy Spirit is talking to you right now even about change and about how you might be, as God talks to me about how I might be following a more Christ-like God. Will you pray with me? Lord, you're powerful in ways that we don't really understand. We think of power, uh, we think of, you know, money and things and image and following. And, and God, it's none of that. Because when, when people look back and remember us, they're not going to remember all that stuff. They're going to remember how we loved upon them how we were more like you, how you are Christ-like in all that you are. So thank you, God, for hearing our prayer that we might not even be saying out loud right now or maybe even allowing us to think about how today and this week we are going to allow you to transform us, maybe in small ways, maybe in big ways, that we also might be following you a more Christ-like God. Thank you for how you use us to change the world and bring new life into it. We pray these things in Jesus' name.